Section 5 of What is Property? This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. What is Property? An Inquiry into the Principle of Right and of Government by Pierre Joseph Proudhon translated by benjamin r tucker chapter one method pursued in this work the idea of a revolution part two eighteen hundred years ago the world under the rule of the caesars exhausted itself in slavery superstition and voluptuousness the people intoxicated and as it were stupefied by their long-continued orgies had lost the very notion of right and duty war and dissipation by turns swept them away usury and the labor of machines that is of slaves by depriving them of the means of subsistence hindered them from continuing the species barbarism sprang up again in a hideous form from this mass of corruption and spread like a devouring leprosy over the depopulated provinces the wise foresaw the downfall of the empire but could devise no remedy what could they think indeed to save this old society it would have been necessary to change the objects of public esteem and veneration and to abolish the rights affirmed by a justice purely secular they said rome has conquered through her politics and her gods any change in theology and public opinion would be folly and sacrilege rome merciful toward conquered nations though binding them in chains spared their lives slaves are the most fertile source of her wealth freedom of the nations would be the negation of her rights and the ruin of her finances rome in fact enveloped in the pleasures and gorged with the spoils of the universe is kept alive by victory and government her luxury and her pleasures are the price of her conquests she can neither abdicate nor dispossess herself thus rome had the facts and the law on her side her pretensions were justified by universal custom and the law of nations her institutions were based upon idolatry in religion slavery in the state and epicurism in private life to touch those was to shake society to its foundations and to use our modern expression to open the abyss of revolutions so the idea occurred to no one and yet humanity was dying in blood and luxury all at once a man appeared calling himself the word of god it is not known to this day who he was whence he came nor what suggested to him his ideas he went about proclaiming everywhere that the end of the existing society was at hand that the world was about to experience a new birth that the priests were vipers the lawyers ignoramuses and the philosophers hypocrites and liars that master and slave were equals that usury and everything akin to it was robbery that proprietors and idlers would one day burn 
while the poor and pure in heart would find a haven of peace this man the word of god was denounced and arrested as a public enemy by the priests and the lawyers who well understood how to induce the people to demand his death but this judicial murder though it put the finishing stroke to their crimes did not destroy the doctrinal seeds which the word of god had sown after his death his original disciples travelled about in all directions preaching what they called the good news creating in their turn millions of missionaries and when their task seemed to be accomplished dying by the sword of roman justice this persistent agitation the war of executioners and martyrs lasted nearly three centuries ending in the conversion of the world idolatry was destroyed slavery abolished dissolution made room for a more austere morality and the contempt for wealth was sometimes pushed almost to privation society was saved by the negation of its own principles by a revolution in its religion and by violation of its most sacred rights in this revolution the idea of justice spread to an extent that had not before been dreamed of never to return to its original limits heretofore justice had existed only for the masters it then commenced to exist for the slaves footnote religion laws marriage were the privileges of freemen and in the beginning of nobles only dii maiorum gentium gods of the patrician families jus gentium right of nations that is of families or nobles the slave and the plebeian had no families their children were treated as the offspring of animals beasts they were born beasts they must live End footnote nevertheless the new religion at that time had borne by no means all its fruits there was a perceptible improvement of the public morals and a partial release from oppression but other than that the seed sown by the son of man having fallen into idolatrous hearts had produced nothing save innumerable discords and a quasi-poetical mythology instead of developing into their practical consequences the principles of morality and government taught by the word of god his followers busied themselves in speculations as to his birth his origin his person and his actions they discussed his parables and from the conflict of the most extravagant opinions upon unanswerable questions and text which no one understood was born theology which may be defined as the science of the infinitely absurd the truth of christianity did not survive the age of the apostles the gospel commented upon and symbolized by the greeks and latins loaded with pagan fables became literally a mass of contradictions and to this day the reign of the infallible church has been a long era of darkness it is said that the gates of hell will not always prevail that the word of god will return and that one day men will know truth and justice but that will be the death of greek and roman catholicism 
just as in the light of science disappeared the caprices of opinion the monsters which the successors of the apostles were bent on destroying frightened for a moment reappeared gradually thanks to the crazy fanaticism and sometimes the deliberate connivance of priests and theologians the history of the enfranchisement of the french communes offers constantly the spectacle of the ideas of justice and liberty spreading among the people in spite of the combined efforts of kings nobles and clergy in the year seventeen eighty nine of the christian era the french nation divided by caste poor and oppressed struggled in the triple net of royal absolutism the tyranny of nobles and parliaments and priestly intolerance there was the right of the king and the right of the priest the right of the patrician and the right of the plebeian there were the privileges of birth province communes corporations and trades and at the bottom of all violence immorality and misery for some time they talked of reformation those who apparently desired it most favoring it only for their own profit and the people who were to be the gainers expecting little and saying nothing for a long time these poor people either from distrust incredulity or despair hesitated to ask for their rights it is said that the habit of serving had taken the courage away from those old communes which in the middle ages were so bold finally a book appeared summing up the whole matter in these two propositions what is the third estate nothing what ought it to be everything someone added by way of comment what is the king the servant of the people this was a sudden revelation the veil was torn aside a thick bandage fell from all eyes the people commenced to reason thus if the king is our servant he ought to report to us if he ought to report to us he is subject to control if he can be controlled he is responsible if he is responsible he is punishable if he is punishable he ought to be punished according to his merits if he ought to be punished according to his merits he can be punished with death five years after the publication of the brochure of sieyes the third estate was everything the king the nobility the clergy were no more in seventeen ninety three the nation without stopping at the constitutional fiction of the inviolability of the sovereign conducted louis the sixteenth to the scaffold in eighteen thirty it accompanied charles the tenth to cherbourg in each case it may have erred in fact in its judgment of the offence but in right the logic which led to the action was irreproachable the people in punishing their sovereign did precisely that which the government of july was so severely censured for failing to do when it refused to execute louis bonaparte after the affair of strasbourg they struck the true culprit it was an application of the common law a solemn decree of justice enforcing the penal laws 
Footnote. If the chief of the executive power is responsible, so must the deputies be also. It is astonishing that this idea has never occurred to anyone. It might be made the subject of an interesting essay, but I declare that I would not, for all the world, maintain it. The people are yet much too logical for me to furnish them with arguments. End footnote. The spirit which gave rise to the movement of 89 was a spirit of negation. That of itself proves that the order of things which was substituted for the old system was not methodical or well considered. That, born of anger and hatred, it could not have the effect of a science based on observation and study. That its foundations, in a word, were not derived from a profound knowledge of the laws of nature and society thus the people found that the republic among the so-called new institutions was acting on the very principles against which they had fought and was swayed by all the prejudices which they had intended to destroy we congratulate ourselves with inconsiderate enthusiasm on the glorious french revolution the regeneration of seventeen eighty nine the great changes that have been effected and the reversion of institutions a delusion a delusion when our ideas on any subject material intellectual or social undergo a thorough change in consequence of new observations i call that movement of the mind revolution if the ideas are simply extended or modified there is only progress thus the system of ptolemy was a step in astronomical progress that of copernicus was a revolution so in seventeen eighty nine there was struggle and progress revolution there was none an examination of the reforms which were attempted proves this the nation so long a victim of monarchical selfishness thought to deliver itself forever by declaring that it alone was sovereign but what was monarchy the sovereignty of one man what is democracy the sovereignty of the nation or rather of the national majority but it is in both cases the sovereignty of man instead of the sovereignty of the law the sovereignty of the will instead of the sovereignty of the reason in one word the passions instead of justice undoubtedly when a nation passes from the monarchical to the democratic state there is progress because in multiplying the sovereigns we increase the opportunities of the reason to substitute itself for the will but in reality there is no revolution in the government since the principle remains the same now we have the proof today that with the most perfect democracy we cannot be free footnote see de tocqueville democracy in the united states and michel chevalier letters on north america plutarch tells us life of pericles that in athens honest people were obliged to conceal themselves while studying fearing they would be regarded as aspirants for office End footnote. nor is that all 
the nation-king cannot exercise its sovereignty itself it is obliged to delegate it to agents this is constantly reiterated by those who seek to win its favor be these agents five ten one hundred or a thousand of what consequence is the number and what matters the name it is always the government of man the rule of will and caprice i ask what this pretended revolution has revolutionized we know too how this sovereignty was exercised first by the convention then by the directory afterwards confiscated by the consul as for the emperor the strong man so much adored and mourned by the nation he never wanted to be dependent on it but as if intending to set its sovereignty at defiance he dared to demand its suffrage that is its abdication the abdication of this inalienable sovereignty and he obtained it but what is sovereignty it is they say the power to make law footnote sovereignty according to tullieres is human omnipotence a materialistic definition if sovereignty is anything it is a right not a force or a faculty and what is human omnipotence End footnote. another absurdity a relic of despotism the nation had long seen kings issuing their commands in this form for such is our pleasure it wished to taste in its turn the pleasure of making laws for fifty years it has brought them forth by myriads always be it understood through the agency of representatives the play is far from ended the definition of sovereignty was derived from the definition of the law the law they said is the expression of the will of the sovereign then under a monarchy the law is the expression of the will of the king in a republic the law is the expression of the will of the people aside from the difference in the number of wills the two systems are exactly identical both share the same error namely that the law is the expression of a will it ought to be the expression of a fact moreover they followed good leaders they took the citizen of geneva for their prophet and the contrat social for their koran bias and prejudice are apparent in all the phrases of the new legislators the nation had suffered from a multitude of exclusions and privileges its representatives issued the following declaration all men are equal by nature and before the law an ambiguous and redundant declaration men are equal by nature does that mean that they are equal in size beauty talents and virtue no they meant then political and civil equality then it would have been sufficient to have said all men are equal before the law but what is equality before the law neither the constitution of seventeen ninety nor that of ninety three nor the granted charter nor the accepted charter have defined it accurately 
all imply an inequality in fortune and station incompatible with even a shadow of equality in rights in this respect it may be said that all our constitutions have been faithful expressions of the popular will i am going to prove it formerly the people were excluded from civil and military offices it was considered a wonder when the following high-sounding article was inserted in the declaration of rights Quote, all citizens are equally eligible to office free nations know no qualifications in their choice of officers save virtues and talents End quote. they certainly ought to have admired so beautiful an idea they admired a piece of nonsense why the sovereign people legislators and reformers see in public offices to speak plainly only opportunities for pecuniary advancement and because it regards them as a source of profit it decrees the eligibility of citizens for of what use would this precaution be if there were nothing to gain by it no one would think of ordaining that none but astronomers and geographers should be pilots nor of prohibiting stutterers from acting at the theatre and the opera the nation was still aping the kings like them it wished to award the lucrative positions to its friends and flatterers unfortunately and this last feature completes the resemblance the nation did not control the list of livings that was in the hands of its agents and representatives they on the other hand took care not to thwart the will of their gracious sovereign this edifying article of the declaration of rights retained in the charters of eighteen fourteen and eighteen thirty implies several kinds of civil inequality that is of inequality before the law inequality of station since the public functions are sought only for the consideration and emoluments which they bring inequality of wealth since if it had been desired to equalize fortunes public service would have been regarded as a duty not as a reward inequality of privilege the law not stating what it means by talents and virtues under the empire virtue and talent consisted simply in military bravery and devotion to the emperor that was shown when napoleon created his nobility and attempted to connect it with the ancients today the man who pays taxes to the amount of two hundred francs is virtuous the talented man is the honest pickpocket such truths as these are accounted trivial the people finally legalized property god forgive them for they knew not what they did for fifty years they have suffered for their miserable folly but how came the people whose voice they tell us is the voice of god and whose conscience is infallible how came the people to err how happens it that when seeking liberty and equality they fell back into privilege and slavery always through copying the ancient regime formerly the nobility and the clergy contributed towards the expenses of the state only by voluntary aid and gratuitous gift their property could not be seized even for debt 
while the plebeian overwhelmed by taxes and statute labor was continually tormented now by the king's tax-gatherers now by those of the nobles and clergy he whose possessions were subject to mortmain could neither bequeath nor inherit property he was treated like the animals whose services and offspring belonged to their master by right of accession the people wanted the conditions of ownership to be alike for all they thought that every one should enjoy and freely dispose of his possessions his income and the fruit of his labor and industry the people did not invent property but as they had not the same privileges in regard to it which the nobles and clergy possessed they decreed that the right should be exercised by all under the same conditions the more obnoxious forms of property statute labor mortmain maitres and exclusion from public office have disappeared the conditions of its enjoyment have been modified the principle still remains the same there has been progress in the regulation of the right there has been no revolution these then are the three fundamental principles of modern society established one after another by the movements of seventeen eighty nine and eighteen thirty one sovereignty of the human will in short despotism two inequality of wealth and rank three property above justice always invoked as the guardian angel of sovereigns nobles and proprietors justice the general primitive categorical law of all society we must ascertain whether the ideas of despotism civil inequality and property are in harmony with the primitive notion of justice and necessarily follow from it assuming various forms according to the condition position and relation of persons or whether they are not rather the illegitimate result of a confusion of different things a fatal association of ideas and since justice deals especially with the questions of government the condition of persons and the possession of things we must ascertain under what conditions judging by the universal opinion and the progress of the human mind government is just the condition of citizens is just and the possession of things is just then striking out everything which fails to meet these conditions the result will at once tell us what legitimate government is what the legitimate condition of citizens is and what the legitimate possession of things is and finally as the last result of the analysis what justice is is the authority of man over man just everybody answers no the authority of man is only the authority of the law which ought to be justice and truth the private will counts for nothing in government which consists first in discovering truth and justice in order to make the law and second in superintending the execution of this law i do not now inquire whether our constitutional form of government satisfies these conditions whether for example 
the will of the ministry never influences the declaration and interpretation of the law or whether our deputies in their debates are more intent on conquering by argument than by force of numbers it is enough for me that my definition of a good government is allowed to be correct this idea is exact yet we see that nothing seems more just to the oriental nations than the despotism of their sovereigns that with the ancients and in the opinion of the philosophers themselves slavery was just that in the middle ages the nobles the priests and the bishops felt justified in holding slaves that louis the fourteenth thought he was right when he said the state i am the state and that napoleon deemed it a crime for the state to oppose his will the idea of justice then applied to sovereignty and government has not always been what it is to-day it has gone on developing and shaping itself by degrees until it has arrived at its present state but has it reached its last phase i think not only as the last obstacle to be overcome arises from the institution of property which we have kept intact in order to finish the reform in government and consummate the revolution this very institution we must attack is political and civil inequality just some say yes others no to the first i would reply that when the people abolished all privileges of birth and caste they did it in all probability because it was for their advantage why then do they favor the privileges of fortune more than those of rank and race because say they political inequality is a result of property and without property society is impossible thus the question just raised becomes a question of property to the second i content myself with this remark if you wish to enjoy political equality abolish property otherwise why do you complain is property just everybody answers without hesitation yes property is just i say everybody for up to the present time no one who thoroughly understood the meaning of his words has answered no for it is no easy thing to reply understandingly to such a question only time and experience can furnish an answer now this answer is given it is for us to understand it i undertake to prove it we are to proceed with the demonstration in the following order one we dispute not at all we refute nobody we deny nothing we accept as sound all the arguments alleged in favor of property and confine ourselves to a search for its principle in order that we may then ascertain whether this principle is faithfully expressed by property in fact property being defensible on no ground save that of justice the idea or at least the intention of justice must of necessity underlie all the arguments that have been made in defense of property and as on the other hand the right of property is only exercised over those things which can be appreciated by the senses justice 
secretly objectifying itself so to speak must take the shape of an algebraic formula by this method of investigation we soon see that every argument which has been invented in behalf of property whatever it may be always and of necessity leads to equality that is to the negation of property the first part covers two chapters one treating of occupation the foundation of our right the other of labor and talent considered as causes of property and social inequality the first of these chapters will prove that the right of occupation obstructs property the second that the right of labor destroys it two property then being of necessity conceived as existing only in connection with equality it remains to find out why in spite of this necessity of logic equality does not exist this new investigation also covers two chapters in the first considering the fact of property in itself we inquire whether this fact is real whether it exists whether it is possible for it would imply a contradiction were these two opposite forms of society equality and inequality both possible then we discover singularly enough that property may indeed manifest itself accidentally but that as an institution and principle it is mathematically impossible so that the axiom of the school ab actu ad posse valet consecutio from the actual to the possible the inference is good is given the lie as far as property is concerned finally in the last chapter calling psychology to our aid and probing man's nature to the bottom we shall disclose the principle of justice its formula and character we shall state with precision the organic law of society we shall explain the origin of property the causes of its establishment its long life and its approaching death we shall definitely establish its identity with robbery and after having shown that these three prejudices the sovereignty of man the inequality of conditions and property are one and the same that they may be taken for each other and are reciprocally convertible we shall have no trouble in inferring therefrom by the principle of contradiction the basis of government and right there our investigations will end reserving the right to continue them in future works the importance of the subject which engages our attention is recognized by all minds Quote, property says m hennequin is the creative and conservative principle of civil society property is one of those basic institutions new theories concerning which cannot be presented too soon for it must not be forgotten and the publicist and statesman must know that on the answer to the question whether property is the principle or the result of social order whether it is to be considered as a cause or an effect depends all morality and consequently all the authority of human institutions End quote. 
these words are a challenge to all men of hope and faith but although the cause of equality is a noble one no one has yet picked up the gauntlet thrown down by the advocates of property no one has been courageous enough to enter upon the struggle the spurious learning of haughty jurisprudence and the absurd aphorisms of a political economy controlled by property have puzzled the most generous minds it is a sort of password among the most influential friends of liberty and the interests of the people that equality is a chimera so many false theories and meaningless analogies influence minds otherwise keen but which are unconsciously controlled by popular prejudice equality advances every day feet equalitas soldiers of liberty shall we desert our flag in the hour of triumph a defender of equality i shall speak without bitterness and without anger with the independence becoming a philosopher with the courage and firmness of a free man may i in this momentous struggle carry into all hearts the light with which i am filled and show by the success of my argument that equality failed to conquer by the sword only that it might conquer by the pen end of chapter one part two recording by lucretia b